So we have some of the most interesting, unique, and amazing meditations, I think, in the world. I mean, we have past life regression meditations, guided hypnosis meditations, Akashic record meditations, as well as healing meditations. Our meditations are pretty cool. And they're not just about stillness of mind and peace and sit there, hmm. I mean, we have those too, don't get me wrong, but these are about meditations that are going to shift and change and you're gonna walk out of there feeling lighter, freer, healed, and even getting guidance and insight. So come down, experience one of our meditations. They're pretty badass. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Uh, today, we get to have one of our very own practitioners, team members, Unicol with us, and we're going to uh, talk well, one, we got to talk about a lot of things about you as a person and everything and, you know, just tremendous human with so many different like offshoots of energetic like awareness and even to the point where she's very interesting because she's even started her own cult. Right. So, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of different things today, but the main topic and the focus for today is non-binary non and the end of duality. And I think that, you know, this is a topic that's popping up everywhere right now. Right. You know, a few years ago, n nobody ever talked about it. And then all of a sudden, I really feel like it, it, it maybe even like the last six months to a year, it's been like this in in infusion into society of people taking and pulling away, you know, the gender pronouns and really having this, you know, kind of stance of, you know, I'm ending this social construct or this way or this view. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about you first, though. Yeah, um, I'm Unicol Unicron. I'm a pop star cult leader. So I make pop music. I started a cult and I am a star seed. So I'm from space. I'm an alien in a human body. And I, um, I think in 2017, um, decided, realized that I'm, um, that I'm gender non-conforming or non-binary. Okay. And so there's a lot of different terms and a lot of different ways that people relate to gender and, and like express themselves. My initial, um, response to this whole like movement was like I'm non-conforming because I recognize that gender is only a restriction. It doesn't mm -hmm. actually help us at all. So the way that I see it is like if you decide like if you're raised as a boy and you're like well I like trucks if that's authentic and you grow up that's great that's true and that can be beneficial to you mm -hmm. but it's not a free way of being because it's actually restricting in every other way in all the ways that um, that girls are taught to like like stuff. And if you don't align with your gender that you're given, then that's even even more disruption to your life. So I've realized kind of that gender itself is just this social expectation that we put on people um, <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily align with okay. who they are. And so my idea is like, we should all just be free to be who we are. And if you identify as whatever, you should be free to like, 
different colors, different things, be in different fields, you know, have different interests, be more, you know, some people are very loving and caring and like, um, and like nurturing. It's not always just women, you know, and some women are not nurturing or caring, you know, so yeah, to associate these things to gender is like entrapping, I think. Okay, but what about, you know, so, and I get that as far as, like, this, the stereotypes that have been cast on gender. But what about the, like, physical science of the gender? Yeah, so gender is a social construct. Um, that's sex. So we talk about two different things. We okay. talk about sex, Yeah, because a lot your, of people get really confused, right? Totally, and, like, and it's well, a valid question, yeah. and, it's like, um, and it's really important to talk about. The thing that I like to point to as well is that intersex people are actually very common. There's as many intersex people born um, as there are redheads. So when you think about that, um, oftentimes gender reassignment surgery, or um, it's, I guess you can call it gender reassignment surgery, reassignment surgery, they basically will manipulate children's genitals if they don't completely conform to one sex or the other. Interesting. Um, and then they never tell the kid about that. They were just born with somewhere in the middle between having a clear identified penis or having a clear identified vagina. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times those people grow up confused because they have a different genetic makeup or they have different, you know, a different alignment than because um, it was chose for it them. It was chosen for them, and they never were told. And then, and we aren't really told that there is this third sex yeah. of, of intersex people. You know, you you hear about it to a certain extent, but you, I would have never thought it was as common as saying, you know, redheads. Right. You know, Who we all can think of like at least four or five redheads that we know, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not like redheads are super common, but you're. Correct. I mean, everybody had a couple classmates, a couple people that they knew, and a couple people that are in their social circle right now that are. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so, so when we talk about the difference between, you know, sex, besides being having that third type of uh, in-between, like, aspect of having both, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, a lot of times what I hear about within uh, this whole kind of, like, movement and also the kind of rebellion against it, right, is, well, people will jump on that. Well, are they female or are they a male? Like, or, or, or the question of them, they get used a lot. And I know you use Z and Zer instead, which I actually like better because them, they feels like I'm relearning the English language. Right. You know, and it's not that I'm trying to be rude or not being whatever, but I just is hard for me because I'm like, there's, but there's only one person there. So right. when I, I'm using this plural, I it, it's it's wacky in my head. But can we explain all the different types of terminology and stuff for everybody too? Yeah, most common is they them. Um, we actually use they them a lot in our conversation, like. Like, who did it? Oh, they did, you know? And uh -huh. we're talking about one person, and that happens a lot, but we don't realize it. And there are certain situations where it is more difficult and uncomfortable and confusing because you're talking about multiple people and you're trying to talk about a single person in a group, and that can be really difficult. There are a ton of different gender pronouns that um, are floating around. There's okay. um, they, them is just the most common. Um, I chose Z and Zer. Um, but there's V and Ver, there's um, Z and Zer with an X, there's, um, I, don't, I don't know all of them. But we haven't necessarily, like, decided. I'd say they, them is probably, like, the most popular. Okay. And I think it's um, Sweden, maybe? They have an actual third pronoun that they adopted into their language legally. Wow. So that, that makes it easy for everyone, you know, to not have to, like... Yeah. Be like, I use these pronouns that no one's ever heard of before, which is difficult for some people. Um... I, 
obviously challenged people a lot with my entire existence. Um, but I, I just, I feel like I'm not like, and when we talk about the physical um, reality of things, you know, like mm -hmm. genitalia or like, do you have ovaries or what are your chromosomes? I think that's where a lot of people like try to boil it down to. Like, do you yeah. have this pairing or this pairing of chromosomes? But, and I don't know the science super well about this, but from what I've heard, there are actually like hundreds of different combinations of chromosomes that people can have. So there really isn't this clear distinction like we think. Like we're so trained to think of this clear distinction as you're either a boy or you're a girl. And it's because we've programmed ourselves so deeply to erase that middle sex, erase anyone who's, you know, in the in between and to just try to filter everyone into these two boxes. And that's kind of what our conversation today is going to be about, hopefully is like the duality structure yeah. and breaking it down. And, and I think that gender is just the most obvious example of this. Okay, and happening. so what are, what are some of the other examples that you see that are pretty obvious as too? I think um, we, it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to say something as clear as gender, but we're going to see, we're seeing more clearly now, I think, in our, in our culture, in our society, in our lives, how many boxes we're trying to fit into. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, when I go, it's like almost like masks too. When I, if I'm going to work in an office, like I put on a certain like business person mask, you yeah. know, and if I am hanging out with my family, I put on like, you know, my parents, I put on like the child, like I'm your kid mask, you know, and it's not a mask. It's just an aspect of ourselves. But, um, we like to separate ourselves into these things. And what I see for the future is less of, okay, I am a, um, you know, this, 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 and this, you know, I'm all these different labels I could give myself about my race, about my mm -hmm. heritage, about my sexuality, about my orientation, about all these things. And, and I would like in the future just to be like, I'm unical. And then all those things are just appreciated and understood and I don't have to explain them to anyone. And it's just, it's just like more of a free, a freedom of like, we understand that each person is a completely unique set of energies. And then you're not pigeonholed either. Right. Or, or then what you find is a lot of people identify so much with one of those subsets right? That if that changes or that reality gets shattered, right. right? Then they don't even know how to be. You know, sometimes you see this if like somebody identifies like really strongly with being a mother, right? And then if they lose their child or that child all grows up and then they develop that syndrome called empty nest syndrome, right? It's like they literally do not know how to, their reality, their identity was so tied up into this label yeah. that they lost who they were, the freedom to express that there's so much more than that. So I see this as like this, this ever-expanding kind of uh, way of being, but also it's kind of like letting go of all the judgments and the criticism, right, too? Because with the labels comes the ego and comes the attachment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and a lot of fights that people do and like trying to protect their identity, you know. So I, I'm thinking of like um, someone in like the 60s, like a housewife in the 60s, like what, how would they describe themselves? Mm. They would be like, I'm a wife. I like to cook, you know, like maybe they would just have these very like few things they could do. But now you ask people and, and they say, well, like describe who you are. It's like, well, I'm a white, cis, you know, non-binary, gender, you know, queer, like all these different words we can use so we've gone from having black and white to now having multiple boxes. 
Yeah. And I'm hoping in the future it'll just be like infinite colors of the rainbow and just that acceptance. And I, I think what you're saying about ego is totally right. You see it in identity politics on Twitter and things like that, where people just, um, instead of educating or helping people understand, it's like, you did this wrong and like shaming people or um, getting upset with them for being ignorant, you know, and then it sort of creates a division in that yeah. way. It's really and difficult. It, and that's what these labels have done for eons, right? Mm -hmm. And the interesting aspect is as we're getting more into science, let's say we, you're, you know, quoting things with like the gender and the opening up of the different understanding of multiple chromosomes and everything like that. But also like since like these genetic testings and everything too, so many people used to like uh, hardcore identify like I'm Irish or I'm this or I'm, you know, whatever. And then they find out that they do the DNA test, you know, <laughs> and they're like, I'm this much of that, yeah. and I'm all these other things. And the, the reality is, is that that label just gets ripped. And so, the, were they ever that label? They only perceived it to be, right? You know, and it, it's like, like, yeah, races, ethnicities, all of it is like this this huge more melting pot than we even realize. Yeah, and I, I love that point, and I think that goes back to the idea of the restriction of these labels. You know, like if you're like, I'm Irish, and like you stick to that, and you're like, well, I don't like this because I'm Irish, and I'm only allowed to do this, you know? Or I drink a lot because I'm Irish, or like yeah. whatever. It's like you feel like you have to fit into you might this, not actually the, align. This, this culture, and you might be like, Actually, I hate that I'm hungover all the time, and I actually don't like drinking, but, you know, it's the culture of the Irish, so I gotta drink, you know? Totally. Like, it's like, is it? You know, is that you, you know? Or do you feel like you must be that because you've identified with the subset? So I'm, I'm seeing where this is, you know, like, the breaking of that and the understanding. Because and just showing up and being like, I identify a lot with Irish culture. I play a lap harp. I like fairies. Like, here's the things I... I resonate with about Irish culture, you know, I'm 4% Irish in my DNA test, you know, and then beyond that, it's like, well, you're free to be other things too. You're not yeah. restricted. And I think a lot of it comes from the social, um, the social like pressure of like fitting into groups and like being accepted and like identifying and aligning with a group rather than yourself. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we can learn to accept one another and, and be happy for each other for our varied expressions because none of us are the same. Well, and then, and then you get into if we accept ourselves and others for their various expre expressions, we're allowing for true freedom and happiness, authentic happiness. I think that I stand by the one thing that I, the number one thing that I think is wrong with people is their inability to be their self. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they're trying to fit and do something else or whether they're worried about judgment or whether they, they don't believe enough in their self to really try or go after it. And then it, it harbors this, you know, kind of like dying soul that feels repressed and then you see anger, you see hatred, you see depression, you see whatever else as these byproducts. But really, this individual is just crying to be the unique expression of their self. And if they can have that, they can be happy. Yeah. And a happy person is never mean to somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, it's oftentimes when you, you found yourself, like, not nice to somebody else, it's probably you were not feeling good about yourself, right? Always. You know? Yeah. And it's not about them, it's about that. And so how, how we can step into this. So 
Let's backtrack a little bit. And so you made this decision in 2017. Mm -hmm. What was going on in your life or your environment that said, okay, I'm going to take this step? Because prior to that, you identified as a female, right? Yeah. You know, so and then you said, okay, I'm going to take the step. W what was going on? Well, I changed my pronouns. I identified as soon as Facebook created the list of genders you could choose, I chose nonconforming, you okay. know, immediately. I don't know what year that was, maybe 2015 or something. But I wasn't super, like, passionate about it. I didn't change my pronouns. Um, I think part of it is a lot of people feel like they are not, um, I think in the queer community we refer to it as like you're queer enough. Like we, we, we reassure each other of that all the time because it's like a lot of, there's a lot of pressure to like fit into a box. And, yeah. and queer is like this term that it's like, no, you get to just like literally be who you are, how you are, and you're, and you're queer. You get to be queer, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, with non-binary people, with gender fluid people, with trans people, I think there's a lot of pressure to express ourselves in a way that makes sense. Um, you can see this like when, you know, before this sort of gender revolution was happening, a lot of trans people were forced to to pass. You know, mm -hmm. they, they worked so hard to like fit into the gender that they had that they chose, you know, maybe it was not the, the one that they were socialized in. And um, so much ridicule came from not passing. And that was just like a cultural norm. Mm. It was like, oh, you look ridiculous if you don't like look like an, a born, a natural born, you know, woman or man or something. So now we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, people are more free. People are able to express. For me, I, I realized, um, and I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I had the right to change my pronouns because I was like, well, I'm privileged in all these other ways. You know, I'm not trying to like take attention or take credit away from like people who are more queer than me, people who are more trans than me, people who are more, you know, yeah. and I talked to one of my friends actually, who's, um, who's totally androgynous and they were just like you're allowed to do this you know and and I think that that I needed to hear that from another person who I felt like was yeah you know like queer enough you know <laughs> to give me like permission and then um and I really felt that blessing sort of of being like okay I I, I can stand and I felt scared you know it's like a really scary thing to do and it's it's authentic in the sense that it's so it's so deep down an expression of really how I feel and like when people use my pronouns Z or Zer like that literally makes my whole body like vibrate in like a positive way I'm like ah oh, yeah because I don't feel like I'm a man or a woman I feel like an other mm. I feel like and like I feel like an androgynous being and I have had experiences in my past lives where I was androgynous being in my past lives on different planets. You know, this is something that has come up for me in more than just this life. Got you. I think past lives too have a lot to do with like, if you were born like a woman, a woman, a woman, and then you're born a man, you know. You're gonna feel a little you might out, feel of sort. <laughs> out of sorts. So for me, I just like was, um, it took bravery for me to be like, no, I'm changing my pronouns. And then once I did, um, yeah, it just, it resonates with me so deeply. And like, I, I deal with my, you know, a lot of feelings about being misgendered as a female because I've never really, I've tried really hard to fit into social expectations of femininity. And there's things I do like. Sometimes I like makeup, sometimes I like fake nails, sometimes I like wearing dresses. Um, and other times I don't, you know, and, and I, I just wanna be free. 
Yeah. You know, that's pretty much it. Well, that's what it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to give everybody the ability to be free in their life, too. Right. You know? And so for you, it's it's more of you really don't identify. You feel like an, an other, mm-hmm. you know? And for using the word other again, but for other people, where do you find that most people that are kind of stepping onto this movement and shifting their pronouns, where do you find like the bulk of, you know, because you said, you know, uh, you you felt like this friend had the ability to do it because they were, you know, a little bit more androgynous or more this, like, where do you feel the biggest movement of pull of where people are, are grabbing a hold of that? Because I've, I've seen yeah. it every, in, in all different kind of subsets. I think um, I think trans like like switching genders uh-huh. um, from the one you are socialized in is probably the most popular right now, just because that has been kind of the only option. So I think because that's sort of in our culture as something that people can understand, um, I think that that's something. But I think as we get more familiar with non-binary and with gender fluidity, I think there's a lot of people who are like, I'm gender fluid. Some days I wake up, I feel very feminine. Some days I wake up, I feel very masculine. I change how I dress. I change how I present on those days. Some people even change their names and their pronouns day to day. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I think it's just about each person. You know, it's like most people believe, you know, nobody's 100% gay or 100% straight. We're on this like spectrum. spectrum. And I think gender is the same thing where, so this is my kind of conception of like the universal energies and divine, divine masculine and divine feminine, I think of as as different than what we see. Like, I still kind of believe in, in those energies. So I basically understand the universe as being, like, black and white at the very extremities of all consciousness. Okay. You know, like, there are these poles. Yeah. But that's not where anything happens. No. Like, everything else in between is this rainbow spectrum. Yeah, no. And that's, like... Yeah, that's, like, the bell curve, right? Yeah. You know, like, everything's in the center. It's totally. not, like, I mean, we have the few outlines, but... Nobody's there. It's it's not, it's just like, it's like there as like almost a boundary, mm-hmm. not as a place to be. Yeah. You know? Oh, so, I like that. I like that way of saying that, mm-hmm. a boundary not of a place to be. So I think everyone gets to just be like, well, I'm kind of, I'm close to this side of things, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm close to that side of things, or I'm like really, really, really close to this side of things. But to, to understand, like, we have everybody, we have everything inside of us also, yeah. you know? So it's like... And the balance of divine masculine, divine feminine, I think, you know, those energies are real, but I think they've been super corrupted in how we express them. I think the way that we socialize people as male or female is not really very close to what a divine masculine or a divine feminine energy is in its purest state. Well, in how you were saying, like, the limitations that people, you know, that that's, that's one of the things that I'm taking as biggest takeaway is, like, really unwrapping and saying there you don't have to conform or have these set of subset um like kind of uh limits or belief systems that imposed upon you right Mm -hmm. and so where do you think that things would be going from here i mean i say that you know like you you kind of said you know you see maybe on the census, maybe having just a blank space right in the future but as society and where people in in like our culture, at least in America and stuff like that, where do you see and how long do you think it's going to take to shift? I think it's great what's happening, even though it's kind of stressful and, you know, makes everybody kind of uncomfortable. But even just to use like race as an example, like we have to acknowledge 
racism, mm -hmm. right? And we have to look at it and we have to say, black people in the US especially have been completely mistreated and they're consistently mistreated and they you know, get passed over for jobs and they have less opportunities. Yeah. And, like, and we have to take the time, as uncomfortable as it is, to stay and say police brutality is happening to them in proportionate amounts, you know, and just really acknowledge that. And then we can move on, you know, and it's the same with gender. It's like, okay, like we have to really focus our energy and be like, there are gay people who exist and it's okay. And there are people who are not like one gender or another and it's okay. And we have to kind of like go through it as a society and just sort of be like, no, that's okay now. No, that's okay now, yeah. you know? And we have to sort of address all of these things that we have hurt so many people, you know, in the past through not allowing the expression of, I mean, yeah. to have a certain skin color or to be a certain sexuality or, you know, and gender is kind of like, like I can, I, for my life, I conformed to being female mm -hmm. and it wasn't true. It wasn't right, but it also wasn't like as disruptive as some of these other things. Yeah. Um, but we have to address them all, you know, and everybody has an aspect of them. I mean, even white males now are, you know, we have to address the fact that like they're being attacked, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it's like, we have to go through like person to person and, and like, box to box and heal that box and be like, this is okay now, this is okay now, this is okay now, until yeah. I see in the future, we're able to just be ourselves freely and appreciated and understood. And so what do you think the biggest thing that we need to overcome to allow for that? Like, I mean, you know, in a, in a nice utopian conversation, that's great. Utopian. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, where do you see, like, the challenges? Mm -hmm. I think, um, like, what's the main thing? Yeah, like, what things do you think as a society or individuals that we really need to overcome to really yeah. get there? I think, um, like, fear or hatred, judgment. When we feel that judgment, and, and I still feel it, and I've been working on it for years. Like, we mm -hmm. especially, I mean, we're all, we're all trained to be like, oh, well, they did that and that's why they're getting that situation or that reality and like their way of being they didn't conform enough and so that's why they're being punished and that's why I don't like them and that's why they're the other mm. or something like that so it's like wherever you feel judgment in yourself analyze it and be like was that something my parents said about people like that is that something I'm afraid of embodying myself mm -hmm. is that some like what is so wrong about that yeah and really the only question we should be asking is is that person happy? Yeah. And if we can all allow each other to be just happy, is that person happy? Yes or no? Are they harming anybody? Okay. They're good. Yeah. That's it. You know? So I think that on an individual level, that's, that's the most radical thing you can do. And I think you definitely hit the nail on the head when you said, like, you know, looking at where is that inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. Because those judgments, those perceptions, those viewpoints are coming from the inside out, right? You know, if you if you peel away the onion a little bit, you're going to get at, you know, why did you have that reverse or adverse reaction to, you know, the that couple fighting and the, oh, do you have a problem with somebody raising their voices? Oh, do you have a problem with you expressing your anger? Oh, do you have a problem? You know, when, I, when you really get to it, you know, it's 
it's lot closer it, than it's, you might realize. It, it, it's completely closer. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's why we notice what we notice or get affected. So, mm -hmm. you know, why is it that certain things irritate us or certain things, you know, excite us? And it goes by what's going on inside of us, mm -hmm. right? The outside world is just the outside world. People just, in what to your point, people are just being. You know, as long as they're not hurting and causing damage, if they're just being their self and they're joyous and happy and, and fulfilled and having fun or whatever with life, then what does it matter? Who, who are we to judge or critique or to try to impose our viewpoints onto another, right? Mm -hmm. Which is one of the things that I might think that is the big, big thing that we need to move away from is imposing our belief systems on another, right? We do that in everything. Yep. You know, it can be something as simple as a, a new diet and say, oh, well, you need to eat this way because this works for me, <laughs> you know, or this this type of yoga, you got to do that. Not mm -hmm. Don't do that yoga, do this yoga because that worked for me, right? And it's like, that's not necessarily what's right for everybody. Right. You know? And that's, that's what Unicult teaches, um, which is my cult. Yeah. Which is just that we each are a unique energy completely with our own unique gifts and we each have a compass in our heart that leads us to our truth and to mm -hmm. our happiness and to our fullest potential and that's different for everyone and everybody has to do the work of respecting that in other people just the same as you take the time to figure out yourself you take the time to figure out what does my true heart want for me what does my true heart love how do i thrive mm -hmm. and you learn that okay here's a diet that works for me here's a type of yoga that works for me and you say wow i'm so lucky to have found my unique expression i respect that other people are doing on the same journey of finding out what theirs is yeah and so it goes back to the concept of the rainbow again, of just like, if the rainbow was all the same color, it wouldn't be a rainbow. Like mm -hmm. we need every different spectrum to be its fullest, brightest yeah. energy to create that beautiful collection of colors that we both love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's, a, that's true, you know, like there's so many and there's so it, I mean, I'm always fascinated by the fact that 7.2 billion people on the planet and out of how many people that have lived before and how many people that will live, there's not another person that's the same. Even identical twins are not the same, right? And it's like, it can't be an accident, right? You know, it's, it's divine that you're never going to be exactly like another person. So when we stop trying to fit a square peg in, in a round hole, you know, it's right. a cliche, you know, like you can find that uniqueness, that color ray, that specific little, you know, point on that color grid that says this, 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 this little speck, that's me, right? That's your domain. Like you are, you get to be that whole energy because you're that only one. Yeah, the little pixel. Yeah. The little <laughs> pixel is you, you know? Oh. But it's a whole world. You know, it's your whole reality. It's your whole life. It's like, it's a point of information that doesn't exist anywhere else. Hmm. It's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And so since you've been on this, you know, kind of journey of standing, firm in who you are and helping others 
understand, educate, even through this podcast, have more awareness, right? You know, and that's part of it is having conversations. You know, I can say I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that was like, Ah, so hard to do the them, them, them and they because, you know, there was also not a rule for it, mm-hmm. right? I say, okay, well, the, these people identify with them, they, these people identify with them, they, and these people identify with them, they, but there wasn't ever a through line that I could see except for now you can help me understand the, you know, I am not conforming to anything and I get to pick what suits me. You know, and that huge distinction between gender and sex, too, you know, which is, you know, often, and I'll admit, I got confused by that, too, you know. Very common, yeah. You know, and, um, but besides that, you know, talk to us a little bit, too, about, you know, I know that a lot of your viewers are watching as well, so they already know you have a cult and everything, but you just touched on that. But when did you start this cult, and what is the premise behind it, besides the little bit that you just shared, you Mm -hmm. know? I, um, the backstory is that I tried really hard to conform to societal expectations. I was a cheerleader. I, you know, really studied a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to be intelligent and I sort of followed this path of what I thought was this intelligent, like atheist, nihilist road <laughs> of like what I, th- what I thought was valuable in, in, um, in the world. And I just thought like everything was chaos and, I became super depressed um, and because I'm obviously very, I don't fit into boxes and I am a very spiritual person. So I became very depressed in college and then um, that culminated. I um, ended up trying to seriously kill myself and then um, I was miraculously saved two hours before I died. Um, Wow. My dad drove into the wilderness. Uh, straight to where I was. I didn't tell anybody where I had gone. My friends were saying, oh, maybe they pointed on the other side of town, you know, 30 miles away, they thought I was. And my dad just didn't even listen to anybody, and he just said he was guided. And so he drove right to where my car was, hiked up and down this mountain. I had um, taken a bunch of pills, and I was trying to drown myself in this lake, but um, I was, like, I had taken too many pills to get to the lake, and so I fell off of a 20-foot cliff. So I was underneath this bramble. I was two hours away from dying. No one could find me. My dad and the um, ambulance workers, because they called the ambulance, they were hiking up and down this mountain, and they found my body, and then they resuscitated me. So wow. I woke up. I never heard that story. Yeah. I knew that you shared a little bit that you, you know, had tried in the mm-hmm. past, and and, you know, was recently saying that there was the anniversary of it. And yeah, like, it was 10 years. And, um, and congratulations. Thank you. And happy celebration of life. Thank you. But the, that's where, oh, my God, like, you, you, yeah. you, you, you know that there's a force beyond. You can't you, deny you, it. Like, I woke up, I was so mad because I, I, was not, <laughs> I was not messing around, you know. Like, I, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I, I really had wholeheartedly committed to the decision, and I didn't obviously do it perfectly, but it was pretty well done, I mean, as far as, like, how close I got. Um, and if there, that divine intervention hadn't have happened, I would be, I would be dead. And, you know, sometimes I trip out on, like, am I in the afterlife? But um, that's a different topic. But, yeah, so <laughs> I was rescued, and then I was just like, what is life? Like, how did that happen? Like, I was literally forced to like keep living 
like through this miracle. And I had to sort of like restructure my entire understanding of like purpose and life and chaos and divinity and all of this stuff. So I said, well, I'm, I need to stay alive because my family is so upset and I see how much pain this would have caused them. And like, I, they were kind of like yelling at me too, like, you can't do this. So I was like, okay, okay, I won't. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, how, how, I can't serve, like my, like I was so toxic. I was just so like dark and like I had just cyclical negative thoughts like about mm -hmm. just hating myself and hating the world and just like constantly like I want to die I hate myself like just like no other thoughts so I was like I can't survive this like I, I literally yeah. can't I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself but I can't so what am I gonna do so I realized I, I, I had to change my way of thinking and mm -hmm. I realized I realized my thoughts were the only thing that I could change that would make it that would make it better. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna believe whatever I want. I don't care if I'm crazy. I don't care if I, you know, maybe I'll end up in a mental institution. I don't care. Like, I'm just gonna believe what I wanna believe. So I started believing in, um, you know, magic and spirituality. And I started channeling these this information without knowing what it was. And then um, I got into conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm around 2012 and I was like oh my god this makes so much sense you know it really it really fed into my cynical understanding of the world mm. of like yeah things are really messed up and I felt really validated by conspiracy theories because I was like yeah like we have been tricked to do this and we have been tricked to do that and we are forced to do this and yeah. conform in these ways and like participate in this broken system and I started just really piecing it all together and so I said you know what everyone's brainwashed to be so sad I was yeah. like, I felt like I had been brainwashed to be sad, you know, because I had been like guided away from all these things that made me happy, like, you know, childhood stuff, like magic, like coloring, like just pure expression and pure being. And I said, everyone's brainwashed to be sad. I'm going to brainwash people to be happy. I said, I'm going to start a cult. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to brainwash people to be happy. I love it. Yeah. So that's really the premise. And it it's a lot about media, about um, creating like pop music and other like even podcasts like this and creating videos on YouTube. I'm on YouTube um, using all different forms of social media to um, to provide alternative programming for people because yeah. we we you watch TV and you, as a kid, let's say, even with gender, you say, well, I'm a girl, so I like the girl toys. And then yeah. you see a really cool boy toy and you're like, well, I'm not a boy, so I can't like that, you know? Yeah. And you're limited with what you see on TV. And it's actually very limited of, of what they show even on TV, who's represented, who, what kind of characters, what kind of people, you know, you see this with race, you see this with homosexuality, like, like the gay character is always like the funny sidekick, like they're not really usually the main character, like, so you sort of mm -hmm. have these um, narratives that you say, well, that's me, I guess, represented on screen, so that's my option, that's my opportunity for how I can express myself. So the goal of Unicult Media is to provide an alternative, you know, more alternative expression as well as teaching people. It's a whole ideology. And I'm, you know, we talk about this all the time, me and you, how we're both these expansive visionaries who just have a whole plan to make the whole world better, you know? And it starts here with us. And we both have that in common. So Unicult is a whole structure um, also about changing the world and through businesses and um, I love it. Different ideologies in business. Yeah. And why did you specifically use the word cult? 
Um, because be, because yeah. so many people have a negative connotation to cult, and what you're doing is so positive. So, right. Um, it's mostly it's mostly a um, it's like a gatekeeping mechanism. Okay. For people um, people who are ready to think deeply and to look deeper at their reality and to deconstruct things from the surface level and to make their own judgments about stuff. Um, pretty much, I would say, 100% of people who take the time to look into Unicult beyond the word, yeah. love it, agree yeah. with it, no, yeah. are on board. But that's why I'm saying, but why would you choose the, you know, or what was the premise behind choosing the word to... It's, it's branding, but it's, it's, it's targeting a certain demographic. Gotcha. So the people who are like, oh my God, a cult, and then they walk away and they never look into it, they're not ready. They're not mm. ready to change the world. They're not ready to deconstruct their reality. They're not ready to like start. Because you have to deconstruct your belief system in order to even get beyond. Yeah. I can see. So it's like a, it's like a little gate. Um, it's a little gate. I really feel like no, it is. It is. <laughs> people. Some people are really triggered. Like a lot of people. Like we have a lot of teenagers who join, and their parents freak out, throw away their applications. You know, um, because they're scared of the word, and the, the teenagers understand it. You know, but yeah. the parents are scared, and I oh, get so, it. I get so that. So you go through a whole application process and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get the application on um, Etsy. We're selling oh, it on Etsy. Okay. And what else do you want to share before we wrap up today? Um, I'm trying to open a robot brothel. Okay. Currently looking for investors. <laughs> so if anybody wants to throw 250000 roughly my way, yeah, let me uh, open a robot brothel in West Hollywood. We, we will be rich. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to, uh, tell people, I mean, like you've, you've designed like, um, you've been the person that engineered, well, not engineered, but you were the, the speaking force behind some robots and stuff. So this isn't like out on left field. Right. You're taking robotics classes. You, you know, wrote the dialogue for robots that are, you know, interacting with humans. So, I mean, this is literally up your field, you know, yeah. like, so share a little bit so people know, cause you are throwing that out there too. Yeah, I'm a robot ethicist, so I am concerned mostly with robot-human interactions and how they benefit us and also robots in the future um, in the event that they are sentient. So it's about creating um, a business model. Eve's Robot Dreams is the robot brothel I want to start. It's about creating a business model for consumer-grade sex robots and companion bots where people are asked to give the highest level of respect to the robots. Um, while using them for their intended purpose, but still having that awareness and that acknowledgement of um, providing, you know, um, at least discussing what is consent. Mm. Is, it, is it ridiculous to ask a robot for consent? Is it good practice to ask a robot for consent? So it's really about how robot-human interactions shape human behavior. For mm. me, that's where I'm interested mostly. But I also believe that it's super important that someone who's not a traditional business person, you know, like a stereotypical white male in like the sex industry who would start a robot brothel, I think it's really important that someone like me is a voice in that because it's going to shape our interactions with robots in the future. So I, yeah, I'm building, I'm in a class right now, a robotics class, building a robot at this time. It's not a sex robot. I've worked with Real Doll and, um, in helping create Harmony's dialogue. She's a companion robot. Okay. Um, 
still really new technology. So we're really on the cutting edge of this, even a year after I started um, looking for funding. And it's still, it's just, it's a very, it's a very expensive thing to make at this time, but we're getting, we're, we're getting to the point where this is going to be um, more accessible and more available for people. Well, yeah, and I mean, like any of the technology is going to go, you know, but it kind of goes hand in hand if you're the, the leading one in the industry, you bear the biggest expense, but hopefully you also are the the leader, right? right? You know? Okay, so where can people find out more information on that? Yeah, we have an Instagram called um, Eve's Robot Dreams. Um, you can just Google that also. There's a ton of different articles. There's a Rolling Stone article that described the project really well. Okay. And um, I'm going to be working with an artist named Marina Feeney. She's a Reiki master. She does all this art. Um, it's this multicolor, like rainbow art, and it's it's got a whole vibe to it. Like she does this whole design of rooms and spaces. So she's gonna do the interior design. It's gonna be this very cool futuristic space um, that can be used for more than more than just robot interactions. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it, and I know it's gonna happen in the perfect time. Yeah. Um, but I would like that to be soon. All right. Well, if anybody's interested. Definitely contact, because I, there, there could be a lot of money to be made in that, too. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Christina. For, thank you. It's been so a pleasure. honored to be here. And I'm honored to have love you. Love and, and making me expand my consciousness even more and shed some of my little judgments and per perceptions, too. So I love it. Me, thank too, you. always. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Till next time. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype, phone, or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.